All right, welcome to the Party Invite podcast, where we strive to bring together a diverse group of enthusiasts to play, discuss, and enjoy everything video games. Tonight, we have a smaller crew, but of course, we have plenty to talk about. I am Vilos, and I am joined by Tegan over it's there. It's your boy. <laughs> and uh, we should have, we should possibly have Sovereign said uh, joining us at the end here, uh, or just a little bit later. So the the big thing today is, of course, we've got a, a party topic. It uh, has something to do with music. Uh, we'll go over that, uh, of course, when we get to it. But right now, uh, we are going to talk about what we've been playing. Um, if you wanna, if you wanna get into yours first, doesn't matter to me where I can start. Uh, why don't you start with a short hike? Tell us about that. Yeah, actually, um, that's not part of what I've been playing technically, but uh, I did find out uh, while I was reviewing for our party topic. Uh, I found out that, uh, of course, I completed a short hike a long time ago, right when it came out on Switch. But uh, there were a couple little things that uh, I didn't really pay attention to after I quote unquote beat the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't realize that I could still talk to a few of the characters um, along the way. And uh, I just finished uh, getting the rest of the gold feathers that are available in the game. Uh, just like an hour before the pod. <laughs> um, Cause I, I remember this, this game for a, a lot of reasons. It's really fantastic. Um, if you've never played a short hike, it is just one of the most zen, beautiful, uh, childlike wonder sort of experiences that you can have. Um, you can put a, a solid two to three hours into this game, and that's about it. But it is uh, just such a good time. It's got a really quaint story. Uh, really, you've got one goal. And uh, once you get to that one goal, it, it very much feels like a, a Celeste kind of story because technically the plot is get to the top of this mountain. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really fantastic, really heartfelt. And man, it, it felt really good to re-download it and play for just like 20 minutes or so today. It's such a great time. If you need to get back into something that's just uh, an indie darling, uh, very, very respective of your time, definitely jump on uh, a short hike and it's always on it's always discounted it's like i think the normal price is eight bucks um but Uh, it's it's often discounted for like three or four dollars on switch how long is this game two to three hours bet you you can stretch it out a little bit but yeah if, if you still haven't played it oh my god uh and i think there's i think it still exists uh the the itch.io uh the original version of the game i think is still up you can find it, um, which kind of looks even more like a, a DS game than than the actual finished game did. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's still floating around on the net. It it would probably be worth playing too. Cool. Uh, yeah, this is uh, a little snack. I mean, so let's see. This launch trailer is from 2020. Um, if you had asked me, I thought this game came out like 2018. Yeah, uh, original release date was 2018, I believe. I think 2020 was the Switch release date. Okay, that makes sense. This is the Switch launch trailer. Yeah. Yeah, like what I'm seeing, uh, okay. chill vibes. You know, you you compared this to, or you certainly brought this up when uh, 
I played that downhill, the mountains mm-hmm. downhill. Lonely, lonely mountains downhill. Is yep, you nailed it. Uh, that game is, you know, the opposite. Of course, you're going down a mountain instead of up a mountain. Um, but chill, chill vibes. You know, uh, relaxing music. I mean, uh, I'm talking about Lonely Island at this point, or <laughs> Lonely Island, uh, Lonely Lonely Mountains uh, downhill. That uh, you know, it, the whole idea is just you're going through nature. Yeah, you're like on a mission you know in, in this case you're you're cycling like you're just riding a bike to the bottom of the mountain in a short hike uh your goal is to you know complete your hike isn't the end goal to finish climbing the mountain technically you have a reason to climb the mountain uh and that is that your cell phone does not have service <laughs> <laughs> where you start out so you've got to get reception by getting up the mountain that's good uh, but yeah, it's like it's so much of just soaking in the environment and, uh, you know, just just taking it in, like less about the story and stuff and more about uh, just what you're seeing. You know, Lizzie's playing Cozy Grove right now. She plays that just about every day. Um, it's for anybody who's unfamiliar, Cozy Grove is very much like Animal Crossing. But instead of, uh, you know, the kind of angled camera and three dimensional characters, you have uh it's isometric-ish, and it's all 2D. It's more of a side-scroller. Well, that's that's not right, because you move forward and backwards, but uh, kind of more like Paper Mario, almost. But it's got these go. these pretty, uh, pretty animations for everything, or pretty illustrations for everything. Uh, you meet all these characters, there's a real passage of time, so, you know, recently it hit spring in the game, finally. When she picked up the game in November, it was, or in December, it was winter, so she'd been playing in winter this whole time but uh yeah these games are all about just like going out into nature and chilling out uh not a lot of stress you know it's it's just as much about your experience with the visuals you know and the sound and and putting yourself in a place than it is you know as it is about whatever the objective of the game uh, might be but cool so that's a short hike uh out on a whole bunch of platforms oh yeah Pretty sure it's everything now. Cool. Uh, then I played... What did I play? I've got to go look back and, and find out. <laughs> uh, I played Fogs. Let's switch over here and start this trailer up. Uh, so Fogs, P-H-O-G-S, is a game that I played with uh, Shanty Pack for the brunch special. This is basically the TV show Cat Dog. And one of you controls cat, one of you controls dog. So you platform around this goofy cozy map and solve puzzles uh comedically basically uh sometimes like your 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 dog that has you know a head on each end of its body your dog can stretch so sometimes you're you'll have like one one of the heads grabs uh grab like an anchor point and the other head will stretch to grab something and pull it back sometimes you're swinging between areas uh, kind of like monkey bars, and you've got to, of course, coordinate, but it's all goofy and physics-y, like, overcooked or something, where so much of the fun is you just totally failing whatever you're trying to do and flying off the map spectacularly. Um, but the whole thing was pretty fun. That uh, just went off a of Game Pass a couple days ago. That's why we played it when we did. Um, so we did, we did play it on Game Pass one of the last few days that it was available. But it was fun. I would... Uh, I'd recommend it for anybody looking for 
a funny co-op game. It's just as silly as the trailer looks. Um, it's at least out on Xbox and PC, I can tell you. But uh, that was fun. We probably played two and a half-ish hours of that, maybe even a little longer. And uh, the only hang-up was we had this one particular puzzle where each of us was supposed to grab the side of a pair of scissors and pull it out and then let go at the same time. And it's supposed to cut a piece of yarn. But boy, it sure did not want to work for us. And it was enough frustration that I was ready to just quit. I was ready to put that the game down. That was a trial. Um, and what Shani was saying was that he was actually seeing something different than what I was seeing. Uh, so like on my screen, his screen was, or his, his character was spazzing out. And his side of the scissors weren't working. But on his screen, it was the opposite. Um, so there was kind of a problem there. I bet that that wouldn't have happened if we were couch co-oping. Um, but we weren't. We were playing online. Uh, so that is irrelevant to us, which means that that was an unavoidable error that we had we had to deal with like two or three times. Um, so we got out of that area as quick as we could because it seemed like that was optional. But you go around each of these worlds and you find a few hidden collectibles if you want, uh, but then you get to the end and I, I don't even remember if you get like an object at the end that completes it, but uh, you you finish the level, you go back to the main area that you unlock and then you pick another world to go through. Uh, you can wear silly hats, you know, just like uh, Skatebird and other games. Uh, it's all about customization. You know, if you're going to have a good time, you got to look good doing it. So 10 out of 10. <laughs> I, uh, I, I put on a ladybug hat. And since I'm a dog and I've been watching King of the Hill, I named myself Ladybird, uh, which is their, their bloodhound. And then uh, Shani, what was he? He was, uh, it, it was like, Ladybird, and it was something like Chubby Cheese or something. It wasn't that, but it was some <laughs> dumbass name. Anyway, yeah. we, we had a really good time. Um, I got to go back and find the clip where we were just losing our minds laughing at one of the very early puzzles. Like, that game was just, it tickled me just the right way. Uh, but that is fun. Especially with all the borking. All the borking. Dude, bork, 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 bork. It's great. It is great. So that's Fox. Definitely gotta gotta play it with somebody that you can be patient with. <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. I mean, it's just like overcooked in any of those games. Like, yeah, it's fun and silly, and failure is part of it. But that's a, it's the funny part, right? So when you continue to fail at something, you just have to, you know, continue playing ball. You just gotta <laughs> be a good sport about it. Uh, but let's see. I I'll be able to tell. I'll, I'll look this up while you're talking about your next game, but. Um... I'll tell you what platforms it's on. Like I said, uh, we played it on Game Pass. It's also on Steam. It's also on Xbox. So, Fox is a fun one. Great, sweet. Yes, sir. Um, as far as other stuff I've played this week, I did want to mention I am now five Pokemon away from 100%ing oh! Legend Sarkius. So, uh, it, it got real serious this week. Um, because I had to finish getting uh, Tornadus and um, the 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 forces of nature Pokemon, mm. uh, and that was kind of a pain in the ass. But that was like the only hard part of the the game, actually. So I'm very close, very close from capturing God, and uh, I feel real good, really good about it. So it's another day in Pokemon. Uh, yeah, but the uh, the other game that I that really spawned. Uh, 
what the topic is today um, is a musical story. Um, I'm going to talk about it more during the party topic, but a musical story is a very 70s inspired um, rhythm based game that is it, it feels a little bit more unique than than most others do, um, at least on Switch. Uh, the only control scheme is actually the right and left triggers, uh, or sorry, not the triggers, the the buttons. Um, so it's it's very easy to play. It is surprisingly forgiving at times, uh, unlike a lot of rhythm based games. Uh, it does have a, an assist mode that, uh, as far as I could tell, it is significantly easier to um, like. You don't even have to really have rhythm when you're in assist mode but if you don't have it on assist mode and you're just playing like normal it is very satisfying if you have a musician's bone in your body in the slightest oh my god <laughs> it's very satisfying uh that's the best thing i could say about it because it's one of those that it has very 70s funk um it's got some dark ballad style stuff some uh, really switches up between what you would hear at a at a, a Woodstock homage concert because that's kind of the entire point of this uh, this whole game is that you're you're this main character this Jimi Hendrix styled dude that uh, is in a coma and he's reliving some of these musical memories that he has uh, kind of to to bring himself back I hope <laughs> otherwise it's it's going to be a, a real sad story. But uh, it's supposed to be about a, a two-hour game or so. I've gotten halfway through it so far. Um, it is uh, wildly unique as far as gameplay goes. It is on. It hits the mark for me as far as rhythm games go, because normally, um, like having a, a large part of my childhood being in band and and really loving. Uh, playing an instrument, um, this game gets you in a mode. And so if you're like, if you're just sitting here saying, you know what, I'm going to count four, four time, I'm going to tap my foot and I'm going to go, right? You'll, you'll get through the game and that's totally fine. But you'll, you'll be in that mode, tapping your foot. And then you're going to be like, oh, I feel this. I feel everything that I'm playing right now. Mm -hmm. And it's, it feels really good. That's it's the first time that I think I've felt that in a rhythm game before, because you know I'm used to things like Elite Beat Agents or Sayonara Wild Hearts or Kids uh, of Hyrule, um, the Crypt of the Necrodancer stuff, um, and those they they don't reward actual musicianship all that often in those kind of games. So it was really pleasing to to feel this in a musical story, and I can't wait to to get through it. Um, man, every song is a jam so far. It and it's it's wild how far it can go from just straight funk to really introspective acoustic stuff, and it's really good. And there are a couple a couple tracks which just play uh, as you saw in the the video, just plays a little a little memory that he had. Uh, sometimes it's just a back of a track like just the just the drum or just like one little strum and then a pat on the guitar it's fantastic 
Uh, I'm probably going to be talking about it next week too, once I'm once I'm done with it. But yeah, very excited to get the rest of the way through that. Great. Yeah, that sounds nice. Uh, let's see. I did look up Fogs is on literally every platform. It's on everything. Um, nice. This. Uh, let's see. What were you playing this on? What were you playing a musical story on? Switch. Uh, and it just came out within the past couple of weeks. I see a musical story is on Steam. It is on Xbox as well. And it is on the Apple Store. So maybe you can play it on you your go. iPad. Cool. Uh, so then the second one that I've got is Disco Elysium. I've talked about it uh, a couple times before, of course. Uh, but that game... Well, first of all, I'm going to be playing that game for a long, long time. So you're going to be hearing a funny story from it every once in a while. But... Uh, Disco Elysium is a detective RPG. When I finally went to the website and wanted to see what the game says about itself, uh, that's how it described itself. So uh, Disco Elysium is a game where you wake up and you're not necessarily the worst detective of all time, but you're definitely having the worst day of your life. Uh, You are a detective having the worst day of his life. You just woke up and you can't remember anything literally anything you don't know your name you don't know where you are you don't know what year it is you don't know anything about the whole world you know nothing so this character that you wake up as is a clean slate uh of course not to the rest of the world the rest of the world the guy who runs the hotel is like you still owe me money and you're like what for what he's like trash in the room what are you talking about you you smashed a bunch of bottles, drank all my liquor, and and stayed in the room. Yeah, you owe me a bunch of money. It's like oh boy, so uh, it's a game of you basically dealing with the consequences of your past or uh, the investigation that you're involved in. There's a bunch of politics in the game. Of course, uh, you don't have to you don't have to love politics like political intrigue to enjoy this game, but it would definitely help. And so I'm really interested in that stuff. I've told you I'm playing a communist character, uh, a communist sorry cop, because the game really wants to put you in a box, basically. Uh, but I I am playing that character, so I'm trying to see where it goes. But uh, Disco Elysium is a game where, as you talk to people, uh, time goes by. And so you could just stand around and kind of take in the environment without the passage of time happening, right? So this has been a game, I, I've told you guys that I spend a lot of time AFK in games, um, just listening to whatever background music is there. And so the the hostile hotel that you, or the hostile cafeteria that you start the game in, the whirling in rags, it has this uh, music that's always playing on the loop. It changes a little bit depending on what time of day you're there. Uh, but there's that music, and there is this music that plays when you walk around the part of the city that I have unlocked right now. And they're actually licensed songs from a band called uh, Sea Power, S-E-A Power, formerly named British Sea Power. Uh, they did a ton of the music for this game. I'm not sure if they did all of it, but they did most of it. And uh, it's basically just like a stripped-down version of their music that you hear as you walk around. But what we're going to talk about when we get into the party topic is how well it uses that to really create this environment and really 
paint a picture of the world that you're in, uh, not only visually, not only through the dialogue, but through the the ambient sound and the music. So you know the rain, but also this uh, the, the little ditty that that plays on loop as you explore the town. Uh, but yeah, I found some funny stuff. I don't think I think I intentionally didn't talk about disco last week because I wanted to, to save it for this show. But uh, our friend Crazy Eight in Discord, he he's a buddy of mine. I play tabletop games with so he and i picked up this game at the same time uh built our characters together kind of and then uh we've been playing at different rates so i'm further than he is he actually restarted the first day of the game because he died and i didn't even know it was possible to die on the first day like i didn't even know there were enough places to find yourself in trouble to take that much damage but he did it so the first time he had a heart attack uh among other things, the killing blow is he tried to get in a fight with a 12-year-old. And uh, when he when he swung his fist, well, he doubled over and had a heart attack and died. So you hate to see it. And then so I mean, the dice roll gods are not helping him out. <laughs> dude, no, they weren't. He rebuilt his character. He made a new character, uh, new stats, because there's one role in the game on the first day. There's a big tough guy that was in the trailer I just showed who is a bouncer and you need to get by him and so there are a couple ways you can do that uh actually it turns out there are at least three ways i thought there are only two but the more that we discuss this game as we're both playing there are at least three probably more than that i bet you could replay and find at least one other way past this uh this obstacle that the game puts in front of you but that's kind of the point is there are lots of ways to solve any problem and the consequences of of those problems will have um unknown consequences so crazy eight re-rolled his character made a brand new character specifically so he could max out his physical stat so that he could win the one dice roll against this bouncer right so he makes this new character he walks up to the dude and it says you have an 87 percent chance of success and he failed that he failed 13 percent chance and he failed it and so right. Man, I mean, so that was one of many things that happened, but he ended up dying again on his new character twice. Um, it, the whole thing was so foolish, uh, but he, he ended up getting in a conversation that I didn't even know you could have. Um, and I forget how exactly it went down, but he literally embarrassed himself to death. He made a fool of himself too many times that his morale, his character's morale got so low because you've got a health bar and a morale bar. His morale got so low that he just died, just fell over. I I don't know if it said he had an aneurysm or what, but uh, boy, you know, you think you think finding one way to die on your first day as a detective is bad enough, but nope, he's really going for gold there. But that game has just been a hoot. Um, the the last thing I, I finally found what I would consider a big character, some a character who like really had a lot of good development and. Within any conversation you have, there are often a whole bunch of options for you to choose from on how you want to approach the situation. Uh, there are always the options of just not saying anything. Like maybe you don't pursue a certain line of dialogue and that's actually your best move because sometimes you'll say something to somebody just because you're like, well, it says I have unspoken uh, dialogue options. I'm just going to press them to see what happens. Well, sometimes that's a bad idea. So you actually should use your head when you're, you know, depending on who you're talking to and the circumstances and what you're trying to get out of it. But 
uh, I found this guy to be the most interesting person I've found so far. He was especially interesting. He's the union boss, uh, practically the mob boss in this area. And uh, he knows everything about me. And that's especially interesting because I don't know anything about me. My character has amnesia, and I took a screenshot of uh, of a bit in here. Let me let me see it. Um, Everard Claire is his name. He says, "My God, so it's true. I didn't want to believe it, but you are a fantastic science fiction amnesia cop, aren't you?" <laughs> he shrugs with an amazed expression. What are the odds of that? You know, so that just cracked me up that it kind of broke the fourth wall right there. Where he's like, oh man, you really are a character out of a book, huh? Uh, which is great because this is, I found out, based off of a book that was written in 2013. So he's literally a character out of a book. Um, nice. I had I no idea. That. Yeah, I had no idea this was based off of a novel. So uh, novel in 2013, video game in 20, whatever year this came out. I want to say 18. Uh, maybe that's too far back. Maybe it was 19. Uh, and then soon to be a Netflix series, a live action, or not Netflix, uh, Amazon. Uh, Amazon Productions is uh, is making that. So mm -hmm. who knows? I was worried about it because I was like, what are they going to do when they turn a decision-making game into a TV show? But now that I know it's based off a novel, they just have to, they can just do exactly what The Witcher did and go off the original content, not even worry about the decision-making because, uh, you know, video games are good at that, not a TV show. So Go back to your roots, and they're going to be just fine. But that stuff's really fun. Uh, in that conversation I had with that dude at the beginning, there was a back and forth, back and forth, back and forth of whether or not I should sit down in this guy's chair while talking to him. And I was very insistent on not sitting in the chair, and that ended up really paying off later in the conversation uh, when I was trying to get leverage uh, through the dialogue to get him to tell me something. But I was like, man, I'm really glad I stuck to my guns because in one of the last opportunities it gave me to finally sit down, they made it pretty enticing. Like, it seemed like sitting down might actually be the right idea. And maybe I could have spun it so that it did help me. But uh, I decided not to, and it paid off in the end. But I really liked that conversation with that dude because that shows me what else I can expect from the rest of this game, which I'm about 10 hours into of actual gameplay Maybe not even that. I AFK and listen to the music a lot. So my hours are completely useless, what Steam tells me. Uh, but this game is like 100 hours long if I want to play Completionist, which maybe I will at the rate if, you know, if I just play this every week or two for <laughs> the rest of my life, pretty much. Uh, I'll get there. But I, I'm really enjoying it. And uh, I see why Chris was so hot on this game. There really is a lot to enjoy. Uh, we're actually going to be playing that here on uh, on Twitch after the podcast, so if anybody's interested in that, stick around. And if you're hearing this uh, on Spotify, go ahead and check out our VODs. Uh, content warning, though, because it is not for the faint of heart. I tell you what. But that's Disco Elysium. That is available on every traditional gaming platform. I, I looked it up. And so the final cut is fully voiced, which is a game changer over its uh, original release. I don't... I can't... I'm actually... I'm very surprised that Chris played all the way through this game without any voice acting. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're already reading so much just in actually learning about your character itself, so that's... I don't know that I would have been able to go back to the original version. Yeah, same. So I'm really glad that this that I had waited, and this was my first experience with this game. 
Uh, but cool, let's take a, a two-second break here. I'm going to get my house in order, and then we can move on to the party topic. Help out that kitty. Yep, I got to <laughs> take care of kitty. She meowing. <laughs> let's see. You can always tell. Well, this isn't this isn't uh, a black or white situation, but you can usually tell when Lizzie's out of the apartment because Kitty will be crying. But it is what it is. Hello, Kitty. What do you have to say to the stream? Oh, she's shy now. I get it. I'm gonna have to, Carlos. We're gonna have to good to uh, good cop bad bad copper. What are you doing, Navi? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The <laughs> where are the drugs going, <laughs> dude? Okay, so in the game, um, uh, I my my partner left. He left for a little while to go take care of detective stuff, you know, with the police precinct. And um, while he's gone, I was like, "Well, I've been avoiding drugs up to this point. My characters really, really wanted some drugs." Uh, but I'm going to avoid him. Well, this time when the detective left, I was like, well, I mean, I could do just a little drugs, you know. Uh, the nice thing is just you Just one drug. Just, oh, so when, when uh, you're faced with the opportunity to consume whatever drug is in front of you, it almost always gives you three options. One of them is, uh, take, you know, take a bunch of the drugs, whether it's drugs or alcohol. It's like, um, take the drugs don't take the drugs, or take the drugs, uh, but just the little drugs. Like, and it's always phrased that way. It's like, <laughs> do you want to take the uh, amphetamines? It's like, oh yeah, I want to take the amphetamines, but but just a little amphetamines. And uh, it cracks me up. So I, I went and I picked up a bunch of those, and they do give you pretty good buffs at the uh, expense of your health, which is a whole juggling act, uh, especially considering your character seemingly drank himself almost to death at the very beginning of the game, so this dude just doesn't know when to quit. Uh, but my partner left, so I'm procuring the drugs. That way I can take them later because you get multiple uses out of them. Uh, we're going to see how that plays out. But, uh, <laughs> probably not great. <laughs> probably not great. Uh, let's see. Do we have... Da-da-da-da-da... Uh... I see. I'm just. I'm just now seeing Debbie's message. All right, then we'll move forward with uh, the party topic here, and we've got uh, whether or not Debbie's able to join us before we're done here. Um, she's got some stuff written in, so we'll be able to um, tell y'all a little about what her thoughts are. But Carlos, do you want to take it away? Yep. Yep. All right. So. This week on our party topic, we wanted to get into one of our favorite topics, that's video game music. But because of the wide breadth of that, uh, we needed to get a little bit more specific. And so we'll be discussing some of the best minimalistic music that we've experienced in games. Uh, and, and we'll obviously have a few different examples here. But, you know, we're all used to those big... Uh, orchestral themes and you know the the halo score or the witcher stuff or anything from zelda um but sometimes there's just these little things that bring together the whole experience um and there's there's a lot of special music in games right now uh so uh what was your uh your first bit here uh well actually i could tie it right back into 
uh, what we were just talking about. So with Disco, Disco Elysium, um, I have really enjoyed AFKing to that game while I chatted with friends in Discord, especially into the wee hours of the night. Um, there are a lot of definitions of, of, or there are a lot of ways you can approach minimalism in music, right? Uh, I think all of us here before the end of this uh, will illustrate that. My approach to the minimalism in in this is with Elden Ring and with Disco, you've just got a little bit of music. Maybe it's one little hook uh, that plays when you spend a bunch of time in an area. Uh, you know, it's not a full theme. It's not as like fleshed out as, as like a menu theme might be or, or, or some other motif that you're going to hear throughout a game. But it's just something little that plays every time you're in an area that you spend a lot of time in. So in Disco, it's that cafeteria that I was talking about that you uh, you talk to a bunch of people in. You also start and end each day there. Uh, when you walk out in the world, there is this... I, I keep calling it an anthem because it feels like it's an anthem to me um, that sounds Eastern European-ish. Uh, you're near a bay, so you've got the sounds of like gulls uh, in the background and all of this. But all of it lends this... Uh, very melancholy, this this beautiful sadness to the environment you're you're in. Like regardless of your character's situation, um, you also get the impression that maybe this music is actually playing out loud in the real world, which gives it its own character. Um, but it puts you in a in a headspace. So for me, uh, standing outside in the rain, hearing that anthem play, is really therapeutic and relaxing to me, and it. Uh, as somebody who puts on like rainy day music to focus, um, when I hear that anthem, I just went on Spotify and found the original song that I, for all I know, maybe I'll actually hear it with words later in the game, uh, based on some of the stuff Chris said. But uh, as soon as I hear it, I mean, I am right there back in disco. It is absolutely perfect for for that whole picture that it's painting, and it is. I, I can't imagine tearing those two things apart. I can't imagine ever hearing that song again and not imagining it, exactly the picture I have in my head of this uh, of Revishal, the city in in Disco Elysium. Um, same with the Whirling Rags. Like It, it reminds me of spending time at Tapcade, rest in peace, uh, the bar I used to you know, host events at and, and run meetings at and then just relax at in Kansas City uh, before COVID had its, uh, had its say. But uh, because of that, it really illustrates how good of a job they do, you know, in there. It's not only good sound design, but having the clinking of glasses or, you know, you can almost hear background sounds that might be the AC overhead. Uh, so that's sound design and not necessarily music, but it's those things all working together at the same time. Do each part just doing a little bit that adds up to the whole picture and... Uh, yeah, I, I have loved what I've seen so far, and I cannot wait to see what else is in store for me there, because um, a lot of games will... Well, a lot of games do a whole, a whole lot of things, but I think the fact that this doesn't have traditional music in it, and it feels like all the music you're hearing is coming out of speakers that are nearby somewhere, um, it just nails this very grounded feeling you have throughout the game. Um where like the environment feels grounded while your character's head is absolutely in the clouds. Like your mind is racing, but that, uh, but the environment is very grounded. So yeah, I've loved that. That's uh, doing a lot with the little 
which is how we ended up choosing this topic. Uh, but I got other stuff I could talk about, but how about you, Carlos? Yeah, I will uh, go back a little bit to uh, a short hike with that, how it does a, a lot with a little. Um, the The way I likened it was that it feels almost like a jack-in-the-box or like a winding music box uh, as you're playing. Um, when you're progressing towards like a, a higher point in your journey up the mountain or you're reaching an NPC that might be able to, to help you with something or kind of... It, they can give you kind of a, a quest, so to speak. It's they don't have these wide ranging things, but uh, as you're going towards these spots, there are different uh, bits of music that will start playing. It, it starts out very quiet, and then it grows as your energy kind of grows. So if you were to actually just stop what you're doing, it will it will stop. It might take a second, but it will it will stop the music and be like, all right, you, you're gonna you're gonna get back to it. Mm. Um, and so like whether you're rising into the air from uh, flying in a, a thermal or you're diving to grab a treasure that you noticed while you were gliding, uh, all these different things will happen to the music. It swells and it it goes back down, uh, in really beautiful ways, and it's very tiny music it's it's not bombastic it's not 20 different instruments it's usually just a little bit of piano uh, a couple other uh little things in there but um it really just is a sprinkle of extra niceness it's it's literally sprinkles on a beautiful cake uh, that's you know just right and not too rich mm -hmm. um and kind of bringing back what you mentioned earlier was that it um the major points here for the the music is that you're supposed to enjoy the journey itself you're supposed to take in the nature uh the the setting with the the birds and the splashes cuz you can actually see fish uh shadows of fish kind of like animal crossing you see shadows of fish come up in the water uh and you you'll hear them do different things hear different sounds different splashes You'll hear the whoosh of the air around the mountain, uh, and it will tell you, you know, if if you're getting to a cold spot because that does affect the way that you're flying. Um, it's it's all these atmospheric things that you're supposed to take in. It's not about the music, but the music that is in there is uh, impactful. You know, I uh, something you were saying reminds me of uh, a random thing i saw on the internet that i want to share with you uh it was it was on a forum for a horror podcast that i listened to and somebody suggested this idea they're like look somebody uh i don't know maybe it was a picture of a tumbler it doesn't matter somebody came up with this idea of uh like what if there was a horror story that featured there's like a symphony um i'm remembering it now there's this uh real news stories of a symphony somewhere in europe and the entire the entire symphony was like stranded in a castle or something for like a three days or a week or something like that. All of them had their instruments and everything, like they had food and, and stuff to eat. But this person suggested they're like, what what if the premise of this movie is that um you know, if this was turned into a movie, is that one by one the members of the symphony get picked off and the movie starts with no soundtrack at all. But as each <laughs> character gets picked off, 
that character now their instrument is in the soundtrack and so by the end of the you know by the end of the movie it's a full symphony playing instead of you know silence or just a few instruments but i was like man that's such a clever thing like i could see that as a movie i could see that as a as a game um but yeah as as we were building this this topic i was like that's kind of pulling from what we're we're talking about here um (laughs) the uh tied in with disco there i i've been playing elden ring a lot and the the open world aspect of it means that you're spending a lot of time in the open air in these different regions. I've only been to two regions. I don't know how many there are, but in the two that I've been, the one you start in, uh, Limgrave, is uh, green. It's got ruins everywhere. Uh, you can see, you know, a bluish sky with like cool looking lighting, like, like the Dark Souls games always do. Uh, and then you got the bright golden tree that is taking up most of your screen there. Uh, you know, not unlike Valheim, which also has, you know, the world tree just up there chilling while you're listening to music. Um, the music does such a good job of being both relaxing, but a little bit unsettling. It has uh, these strings that play. It's very low-key. I mean, it's like three instruments total, maybe. You've got uh, strings, a horned instrument, and I don't know, maybe, maybe a second stringed instrument. Uh but you hear this and it gives you this feeling of being in a wide open place, like maybe as the sun is coming up. But when you really listen closely to the music, it's not really relaxing. Like there's some undertones that are kind of creepy and like a lot of the tones that it holds aren't steady. They're they're really kind of wavy, um, the way you'd hear in a movie when something bad is about to happen. Uh, and then the other main area called Kalid is this terrible poisonous nasty area uh is no longer spoiler because if anybody spent any time on the internet they've they've seen pictures of this place but the the sky is red in this area there's uh poison and rot everywhere there are fungus or you know the fungi growing everywhere uh there are dragonflies that kind of resemble mosquitoes and the music in that area is very unsettling uh it truly sounds like something bad is about to happen at all times uh and the way that the strings work together there are more instruments in that one but the way the strings work together kind of reminds you of mosquitoes buzzing in your ear like the whole thing is supposed to kind of stress you out a little bit it's not enough to like really make it nasty there there are games that have sound effects that put mosquito noises in even like stardew valley in summertime sometimes that can get too much but i i think they did a great job of emulating that by using instruments to make those noises instead of actually making mosquito buzzing sounds. So the fact that they may, they used music to make that sound uh, is what makes it work so much. But you spend so much time in those areas and, you, you know, like either of them, if you played those songs now, you cannot separate those sounds from the game because they've done such a good job of, you know, painting that picture using the sounds or the sounds you hear and the sights you see. Uh, but yeah, that one and, and Valheim I've talked about in the past. Very similar thing, except where uh, Elder or Elder Scrolls, where Elden Ring might be stressful, Valheim is the complete opposite. And that Meadows music that plays at the beginning of the game, the only area of the game I ever spent time in, uh, puts you to bed. It it may as well, you know, you, you save money on one of those meditation apps and just play Valheim. 
you know, listen to the soundtrack and relax. Because uh, that's the same way. It's just, it puts you in that nature space that these that these games have. Um, and in such an effective way. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure there's more music in both of these games. I mean, Elden Ring has plenty of orchestral, super epic boss fight tracks <laughs> as well. And I'm sure Valheim has... Uh, a bunch of variety when you get further on, especially when you fight the bosses. But it's those ones that really stuck with me where there's barely anything going on with the music. There's like one motif with some strings, but that's enough that it's just like, okay, I'm out right now, you know? That's really funny because uh, that is really effective when that kind of stuff happens. I mean, I remember uh, the sound effects in Resident Evil, was it? It was either four or five because they both had similar things happen to them. I, I guess it was five um, where there's an invisible bug like creature uh, and you can only tell where it is by uh, dripping water and the the light buzzing sounds and the anxiety that that brings to it is just <laughs> insane. So that's it's really funny. It It is really impactful uh, that they could do that with with instruments instead of um, actual bug recordings that's right so much better it's so much better (laughs) dude uh odysseus will tell you that one of his least favorite things in video games is when they decide to make the uh the buzzing in your ear sound it's like it's bad enough in real life why do you gotta asmr it in this video game can we please not That's that's like I, I watched uh Evangelion on Netflix over the summer and I never realized that for some reason like the entire background of the show, whenever it shows city shots, it's just cicada noises. I don't Really? I don't even know. Yeah, it's like go check it out on Netflix and you'll be like, wait, what? <laughs> it's just cicadas. <laughs> I don't even know why that was a thing. I don't know if that was for uh, to to build some anxiety, but otherwise it was. I mean, it's it, probably triggering for those of us that are from Missouri. I, I've never <laughs> seen it, but uh, you know, I mean, it would represent kind of like the hustle and bustle. And if if you didn't recognize that it was locusts until now, I mean, yeah, it, it's so funny. That's funny. <laughs> um, as far as my other uh my other game choice here, um, kind of kind of goes along with that atmospheric stuff. Another one of my favorite indie games, Wide Ocean Big Jacket, uh, does I the same thing as far as... girl with a <laughs> wide ocean and a big jacket. jacket. Are we going to get That's right. DMCA'd here? Yes. Sorry, sorry, Absolutely. sorry. <laughs> uh, this game is also about taking in the, the nature, the atmosphere, um, because plot-wise, you're just a, a couple of teenagers and a couple of 20-something adults that are awkwardly camping together. Uh, except here, the music, the little bit of music that you do get is diegetic sound. So those of you that might not know what diegetic sound means. <coughs> yeah, that for is... the audience. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is when a sound is coming specifically from that narrative's world. So something in the world is producing that sound. Uh, so for example, in White Ocean Big Jacket, there are a couple different radios um, in certain places throughout the game that not only they show the identity of the person that that owns the radio um but it, it gives the narrative like this extra boost cuz it's a an incredibly funny well-written game 
Uh, and the very first part of music that you hear, uh, I I love saying it. It's it sounds like this cowpoke heading out on the old dusty trail <laughs> kind of music uh, as your your character is trying to get firewood from this uh, this dude at the campsite, and he's literally just chilling back in a chair. The radio's next to him. The, the giant pile of wood is is a few feet away, and you're just hearing the. Dun, 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 like cowboy <laughs> horse clop like clopping yep. sounds uh music and it's it's such a vibe and it tells you everything you need to know about that character because he's just this this gruff dude that's always at the campsite he sells firewood for six bucks a pop you know mm-hmm. um and then once you finish that little bit you get to the the campsite with your firewood and uh the radio that's there is your girlfriend's radio and she's just playing this somewhat poppy music but very much her age uh it's it's very much uh something that she might listen to while she's at college because this this whole situation is she's trying to get away with you uh as well as you're you're bringing these kids along to uh do your family a favor as well as kind of uh bring you a little bit closer to this girl and uh it's it's just Fantastic how it it's presented. Um, of course, it also has the the little element of three um, D space because it's a a very graphically simplistic game. It's it barely feels three D. It very much feels like a, a cel shaded graphic novel style game because um, your your character is basically moving on as a flat character, but in a three D world, mm-hmm. um, and so you'll you'll take a take a sleeping bag and go over to the tent and you're not going to hear the music and you're just going to hear uh the bugs the birds the zipping of the tent um and then you go back towards your girlfriend and that's when the the music is there again it's it's the little things uh that make such a big difference in especially a lot of these indie games um it makes them so much better yeah for sure yeah so so many times just like you said with the with the indies, um, it's those tiny little details that go so much further than even the developers realize. Sometimes the the example in the past year that keeps coming up is Death's Door with the sliced um, signs where you slice them and you can read them, but you can still only read like the bottom half that's remaining and stuff. Um, those developers have talked about how the little things like that have gotten them more publicity than their ad, like their marketing campaigns ever did, and. I feel like there are enough people like you and me and and so many others who are very audio in tune where when you do those little things, they're so memorable because like there, there are so many ways that video games could present information. You've got an art style, you've got mechanics and UI, you've got a tutorial, you've got um, your, your game inputs on your controller, your keyboard. Uh, But it's easy to overlook sound design because one of the only ways that you can consume that is to actually play the game yourself and experience it, you know, with your headphones on or out, out of your speakers. Everything else you can see in a YouTube video. Somebody can tell you about it. Like, we're telling you about music right now. But to have your headphones on and experience that for yourself, um, music is is similar to the sense of smell where it's uh, tied very closely to uh, your your memory, the memory part of your brain. The sm- your sense of smell uh, trumps everything else, but you know, 
I, I could hear I could hear a song from Ocarina of Time right now, and I could tell you like the specific area of the whole entire game. Like I got a picture that pops into my head from from that little bit. And I feel like so many people, since we're in kind of the generation of nostalgia, humans are just nostalgic creatures, but um, you know, our, our, our millennial generation loves nostalgia. And I feel like sound design and, and minimalist music does such a good job of hitting that part of our brain that our generation loves um, to, to make those memories, whether they're, you know, things we're looking back to now or things that we'll look back on later. Um, speaking of the uh, nostalgic stuff, Debbie wrote here, if I'm not cutting in, Carlos. Uh, you good. She gave an example of Donkey Kong Country 2. Uh, she mentioned the iconic Bramble Blast level, which I looked up and I did recognize. Uh, <laughs> she she preaches the uh, the Donkey Kong love uh, around here, but she's right. I mean, everybody knows that Aquatic Ambience sa- uh, song as well, and that song's like pretty simple. You know, uh, the little trivia I like to use is that Childish Gambino early in his career sampled the Aquatic Ambience track without realizing it was from Donkey Kong. Because it's a good track, so it, and it's simple. It's great for a backbeat. And, uh, you know, it's stuff like that. It's like you don't have to know anything about the game to appreciate the music. You don't even have to know that it's from a game to appreciate that minimalist stuff. Um, let's see. Yeah, she says, uh, Debbie says um, she loves a good iconic track, uh, especially like a chiptune music illustrates that you don't need a whole lot of complexity and layers and all of this to to have music that really hits you the right way. Um, it's the same today as it was back then, just like just like she said, uh, Donkey Kong Country. But yeah, that stuff really sticks in your head. And when when someone really puts a lot of thought into that stuff, I feel like that that sticks with me more than like disco has a cool art style. It's all hand drawn. It's gorgeous. And I've only seen one little area, but. Even with all of that stuff, I know Chris has mentioned a bunch that he loves hand-drawn stuff with everything he's been playing over the past few months. Uh, but it's not the visuals that have stuck with me. It's it's the, the like two songs, the two little songs that I've heard over and over in in the area as I explore. So, yeah, you know, it's funny because this game is so long because Disco's like 80 to 100 hours long. By the end of the game, I'm going to find myself nostalgic for the beginning of the game because so much time will have passed. <laughs> oh, it's the long con. That's wild. Because <laughs> <laughs> I have no but idea right. when I'm going to beat this, but <laughs> I doubt that I beat Disco Elysium in 2022. I'd like to, but Ouch. if I'm being honest, I mean, Carlos, you know how slowly I play games. Any yeah, game. and there's there's a lot of games there's... to play still this yeah. year. So who knows? Who knows, man? But... Uh... Yeah, there's there's a lot to love with that stuff. Uh, let's see. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna read exactly uh, Debbie's words here. She says uh, she actually spent last night on stream um, while she was shiny hunting for Pokemon. She put on a music quiz uh, of YouTube videos, uh, wherein listeners would hear a classic track from a game and be given time to guess it. Music which creates those possibilities and experiences is my favorite. Right? It's the same thing. I remember I told you I met Shanny Pack at a trivia night at Pond and Pint, in Kansas City, and one of the questions I remember, he he played a track from a from a game, and I'm like, oh, that's uh, 
that's Moon from DuckTales, a game I've never played, but the the <laughs> nice. song is so good and it you know it's like well known in in nerd circles that uh you know it's very <laughs> recognizable. Uh let's see. Yeah. Uh although that isn't a knock uh reactionary atmosphere Wait, although that isn't a knock, uh reactionary atmosphere punctuation either. I've read that totally poorly. But uh Breath of the Wild <laughs> for example really nails it. And Legends Arceus uh, isn't too far behind in that regard as well. Yeah, and what she was talking about there was the um, the atmospheric punctuation. There's a lot of things there uh, in in Arceus, especially, but um, like there's there's little uh, audio triggers for uh, shinies. Um, there's audio triggers for when uh, daylight is changing, when it's going from from night to day, or it's going from different section of the day. Uh, and then there's the uh, <laughs> little there's this little flute sound that you play whenever um, you have to get a new traversal Pokemon. A um, lot of little things there. And these, these open world games uh, definitely bring a lot of that atmospheric stuff. That's that's really what what I was talking about from uh, a short hike. Uh, just the, the fact that the game knows exactly what you're doing. Uh, and it was just designed in such a, a beautiful, uh, specific way. Uh, I forget if it was uh, if it was a short hike or another game I was looking at for research, but um, the the designer uh, actually made a physical map of like they actually put circles on different parts of the map uh, that they had to show where the music would start doing this or that across the entire level and it, mm. it's it's wild how it works um was that like a behind the scenes thing yeah I'll, I'll have to find that that video again um i have to check my youtube history for that you know i remember <laughs> but it was really cool when i would uh back when i was on the beginning of this video game journey um i would tell people that i'm like more than just enthusiastic about video games right like I love them as a medium because they can because video games can tell a different story. They can tell a story in a different way than any other medium. I mean, every medium is unique for a bunch of different reasons. But with video games, the example I always used was that uh, in horror, in in a movie or a podcast, if something bad's about to happen, you cover your eyes and it happens anyway, and then the moment has passed and you can uncover your eyes. In a book, you have to read to have the character walk through the scary door you know there's something bad on the other side but if you close the book then nothing happens the the story stops but you open it up you read and then the character goes on this path that the book has written out until they walk through the door and maybe something uh bad happens in a video game you are choosing to go through that door you have to push the, the control stick forward to walk through yourself it doesn't happen on its own. You have to do it yourself. You have to make that decision. And uh, the the horror that comes along with that, since a movie is on a script, since an audio drama is on a script, um, the music happens at the right moment when the scare is supposed to happen. But when the player decides when the scare happens because they walk through the doorway, that that sound design, that scare, has to come in at the exact right moment. And figuring out in like the... The world of sound design and also horror, the exact moment, the scariest moment to have all of that happen at once is 
a wonderful thing. I think that is so fascinating. And to have the variability of, well, maybe the character runs in. Maybe they sprint in. We need a thing to happen like this. Maybe they, like, are really scared and they just kind of tiptoe in and they're like, oh, I hope nothing bad happens. And then, the you know, the scare comes in in a different way because of that. Uh, music and the sound design play such a crucial role in making that experience yours because it, it in everything else, the story happens whether you're there or not. A book, you have to read it, but the you know everything plays out the same way no, no matter if I read the book or you read the book. But in a game, when the sound happens exactly when you do things, it's now your story. And that stuff just, it hits. It's like you said about the radios. When you go into a certain area, you hear it. You might leave and come back. You might come back just to hear the radio, you know? But that's what makes it your story. Yeah, I, I just love that stuff. Uh, I could talk about this stuff for days. For sure. There's uh, from from Vigil. Vigil is the track from Mass Effect that plays during the uh, opening main menu of Mass Effect 1. And it's just this real simple song with I don't even know what instrument that is. <laughs> a woodwind <laughs> of some sort. Um, and it's very ethereal. It's, uh, you know, space ethereal. I don't know. Because I already associated with Mass Effect. I mean, that's kind of what it's at. <laughs> but um, that that little track, which really has like one important hook in it, uh, that comes up three or four times throughout the entire series. So this isn't something that just pops up all the time. But man, when it comes up, it hits it hits hard, and you are guaranteed to recognize it because it plays every time you start the game. You know, and each game is like 30 hours long. So when something really powerful happens, they drop that bad boy in there, and you're like, oh, damn, shit just got real. <laughs> like, the, it pops up at near the very end of Mass Effect 1, and that's like the first moment when you truly understand, like, the, uh, the consequences of the decisions you're making. Uh, but it's stuff like that. It's like, just like Debbie had said, it... it it really ingrains itself in your head and puts you in a time and space, right? It it allows you to have this this memory that is basically put in a box, and the key that unlocks that box is music. I feel that. So. And uh, I dropped in chat the uh, video I was mentioning. I did remember what it was. Um, and uh, 12 and a half minutes into that video is a pretty cool point where the it's a Nintendo Life video, actually. Feels weird. The, nope. the guy that's doing the video uh, actually use he does use a a short hike uh, example uh, that the uh, that the developer had had about the music map. So definitely recommend checking that out sometime. Uh, it's super cool. Well, cool. Uh, Twitch just got to hear the first five seconds of an ad <laughs> because I thought I had the window muted and it all it started with, I don't know if this is a Marvel yeah. thing or what, but the, all it said was, this feels weird. Very. <laughs> uh, Carlos, what kind of videos are you sending us these days? All right. Look. Questionable ones every time. The ones with ads, the worst kind. So other than that, um, I do have one little last word thing. Do you have anything else to, to bring up community-wise or anything? Uh, you mean uh, to wrap up the pod? Yes. I would say uh, we're playing a whole bunch of stuff right now. We're still doing Tuesday night Zomboids. We're often playing Wednesday night Don't Starve. Uh, our base is 
even more dope than it was the last time I told you it was dope. Uh, the game is straight up relaxing now because we have everything we could ever need, and I just discovered that farming actually has, like, depth to it. I, I had no idea this whole time we've played. I had no idea farming had depth to it. So, anyway, <laughs> it. yeah, so uh, we're, we're having fun um, chilling in the world. Uh, we did discover that the difference between having two people in the world and, and having three or more when you have three or more, everything's easy. When you have two people, you actually have to worry about, like, starving again. Uh, so it's funny when people logged out that we, you know, we're just like, oh, dip, we're out of food. We actually have to leave. We have to leave the base. <laughs> uh, but we're doing those. Um, and then this weekend, we'll have, uh, just like every Saturday, we'll have the brunch special on Twitch. That always starts at uh, 12 noon Central Time. I can't remember what we're playing this weekend, but we do it every every Saturday morning. So, tune in. Yes, sir. And I think that was maybe Tunic. That'll be nice if so. Oh, yeah. Um, so, other than that, for anybody watching or listening, uh, keep an eye out. I am going to have a uh, video review of a musical story as well as another new release uh, called Onde. Um, because we actually got a uh, got a review code, so that's pretty cool. Um, so really looking forward to that. It's a, a very um, smooth synth sound, uh, aquatic atmosphere game that really is probably going to have stuff that uh, is directly relatable to this podcast. So mm -hmm. uh, we'll uh, we'll definitely give you guys a yell when that video is up, but I should have that done this weekend. Uh, so definitely uh, keep an eye out on the socials. Heck yeah. uh, other than that, um, if you got nothing else, this has been the Party Invite podcast. Thank you so much for listening, watching, or joining us in the live chat on Twitch. Uh, here's your weekly reminder to find more of our content as well as our community by going to partyinvite.games. I've been Vilos. And I got a lot of pizza left to, to go eat. You get it. <laughs>